Well, uh, I was given a little bit of advice um, when speaking in church. A, B, C, and X, Y, Z. Always be courteous and examine your zip. So, I'm good to go. Um, it's, a real, uh, it's a real pleasure to, to be with you. Um, a real pleasure to be able to come and open God's Word. Um, for those of you who don't know me, um, I'm Johnny. Um, doing an internship year with Christians in Sport um, uh, with Nath, as you may have seen around. And we've been here for a couple of months, uh, probably since the end of August. And so um, it's a real pleasure for us to, to be here and to serve alongside you guys. Um, and tonight it's a great opportunity to get God's Word open. Um, and so the topic is God is old-fashioned. God is old-fashioned. Now, I wonder what you think of God. I wonder as you sit there what you make of God. I wonder if we went out into Long Crendon or any other uh, place, maybe going to London, what people would say if we asked them, what do you think of God? Now I reckon there's three main things people would say about God. Number one, and these are people who probably don't come to church or don't believe in God. They'll probably say, number one, God's a bit weird. A bit bit weird. They think Christians are weird, so they assume that God must be weird. They see them go into church on a Sunday. They see them read a book. They think they sing songs together. That's just a bit strange. Number two, they think God's irrelevant. They think God's old-fashioned. God doesn't really have any part to play in my life. That today's society, we don't need God. He's what they used to do. He's something for the past. He's not up to date with the world and he's distant. And number three, it's just not true. I just don't believe God exists. I think it's, some people think it's crazy that people would continue to believe in a God nowadays. And so many people have misconceptions of what God is actually like. Many people totally get it wrong. And they try to say that God doesn't even exist often. And here's a misconception that people have. God's old-fashioned. Well, partly that's kind of true, in that God is old. Let's be honest. He's been around since the beginning of time. Um, Genesis tells us that in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. So he's been around before anything existed. So that's for sure. We know that. And we know that the Bible's pretty old as well. The Bible's been around for thousands of years. Um, tells us all about how God created the world related to people and tells us all about Jesus and his life. Um, but does that make God irrelevant or old-fashioned? You see, when people say, ah, God's old-fashioned, God's, ah, God's old hat, basically what they're trying to say is, do you know what, God has no relevance for me in my life today. And so I want to have a look at God's word tonight um, in John's Gospel. Jesus talking about, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And I would love you to go away tonight knowing that Jesus is totally irrelevant for both you and me today and for the rest of our lives. And so, we're in 2013. We live in a real technological age. I have this little screen here. It's not actually on. It's not doing anything. But it reminds me that we live in a real class era of technology. I'm sure many of iPads, iPhones, iPods, i whatever, you name it, they're out. And we think life's pretty decent. 
social media. We can talk to people across the world. We can use Facebook, Twitter. Um, for those of you who are of the, the older generation, that is what's replaced writing letters to people. Um, and TV has hundreds of channels that we can watch. And we're moving on as a, as a human race. You can travel to any country in the world within about two days on a plane, easy. But the thing is that we think we've got it sorted. We think, ah, do you know what? The Western world, we've got it sorted. We don't need God anymore. We've got nice houses, nice cars. You know, we're all right. But you see, the thing is, the same problems still exist that existed 200 years ago, 2,000 years ago, and even longer before that. There's still war, there's still conflict, still injustice, still poverty, and still sickness and illness. And that's because of the broken world that we live in, isn't it? It's the broken world that we live in. And it's our rejection of God and our rejection of God's relationship that's caused this. And our world and our relationships have been affected. You see, since we decided that we're number one, that... We've made ourselves king of our own lives. We see the effects of that all around us in the world that we live in. And that's not great news, is it? You're probably thinking, I came to church to hear some good news. I came to church to hear something that was going to boost my morale. That, you know, I heard that gospel is meant to be good news. And this guy's telling me all this bad stuff. And, you see, we've got to understand these things that because of our rejection of God that our greatest enemy in life is death and that we can be sure that it's going to knock on our door sooner or later doesn't matter how much money you have where you come from um, what car you drive what job you have one of these days even for the young, youngest amongst us one of these days death's going to come knocking on our door not nice for us to have to think about it's quite painful for many of us and we try to push it to the back but let me encourage you to, to be prepared for when death comes knocking on your door. Um, and the Bible tells us that after that, there's going to be a judgment. In Hebrews 9, verse 27, it says that after we die, we face judgment. And that God's going to hold us accountable for what we've done in our lives um, and the way that we've lived. And God must deal with our rejection of God. And if we're all honest with each other, we all reject God in everything that we do and the way we live our lives and so our biggest problem in life is that we have a broken relationship with God that needs fixed and needs to be made right again and so there are many different views as to how we can go about getting that relationship right again some people think that going to church praying, reading your Bible that's going to be enough to make you right again with God some people think that giving to charity and being just being a generally nice person will be enough. Some people think that God will be happy enough with the good things that they do and they'll outweigh the bad stuff that goes on. Some people think that they can be made right with God and get to heaven by trusting in Muhammad or, or Buddha or something else. And some people think that oh, all religions lead to the same God, so... I'll be sweet. I'll be sorted. God will be all right. And I wonder what you think as you sit here tonight. I wonder what you think. I wonder what you think of your position before God. You see, 
Whatever your answer was, I'd love you to listen to what Jesus has to say. You see, Jesus claims to have the answer to our biggest problem in life. Remember, it was that broken relationship with God. And, you see, if Jesus has the answer to that, that makes him totally irrelevant for each and every single one of us tonight, for the rest of our lives. Jesus is claiming that he's irrelevant. And so, Jesus makes this huge claim in John, where he says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And we can't simply ignore that claim. We can't simply brush it aside. We've got to pay attention to what he has to say. Because here he is offering a relationship restorer. He's offering to make our relationship right again with God if we believe in him. Jesus is talking to his disciples just beforehand. And he's talking about his future departure from this world. He knows he's going to be leaving them and he wants to reassure them of um, what's going to happen in the future. And Jesus reminds them that his Father in Heaven has prepared a place for them and they don't seem to know where that is. However, the disciples, um, you're just just a bit confused. Um, And Jesus says this, verse 5 to 7, he says, Thomas said to him, Lord, we don't know where you're going, so how can we know the way? Jesus answered, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you really know me, you will know my Father as well. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. You see, Jesus is claiming that he is the way to God and the way to heaven. You see, Jesus saying that if you want to know the way back to God, then it's through me. It is through me. If you want to know the way to heaven, then it's through me. You see, how can Jesus be the way? How can he claim such a thing? How can he make such an outrageous claim? Then, you see, Jesus was God's son. Jesus came down to the earth and lived a perfect life. Lived a perfect life and he went on and he died on the cross and he took the punishment that you and I deserve on himself and he was our substitute and if we trust in him he gives us us he gives us his righteousness and his perfection you see let me illustrate it slightly for you so here here I am standing in the dock in a courtroom now hopefully this will not be uh, a regular occurrence in my life, uh, standing in the courtroom. Um, and here is my sin slash rejection of God. Okay, I'm being convicted for my sin and my rejection of God. I'm about to be punished. And what happens is Jesus comes in and he says, no, 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 no. I'll take the punishment. Give it to me, give it to me. I'll take it. So Jesus takes my place and he takes my sin and rejection of God on his shoulders. And he does a little swap. He then gives me his perfection and his righteousness and all that's good about him. So I can have that for myself. And I can go off scot-free and not have to face the consequences for my rejection of God. 
that is an amazing thing. Absolutely amazing. You see, God's the only one that can make this happen. God's the only one who could open a way back to himself. And he did it through Jesus. And God provides a route back through the death and resurrection of Jesus. And therefore, the way back to God is through him. Jesus also claims to be the truth as well. Now, many people today will say, ah, listen, Johnny. Well, you know, if it's true for you, then, you know, that's good. But I'm not really the religious type. I'm not really interested. Or um, one of my friends said, people have so many different views. How do you know which one's true? How do you know which one to believe? And often... We don't really know what to say sometimes. But the thing is that people all can't be right. There are facts and truth in everything that we do. Did anyone watch the rugby yesterday? Oh, no, no one. Any, anyone watch the rugby? <laughs> half, half, half up, half up there. Um, well, I, I watched the rugby. It wasn't a great day for all of us, was it? Um, Ireland got beat um, and ended up bottom of the Six Nations. But the only thing that brought me a slight bit of joy was Wales beating England. Um, if Jeff was here, he would he'd be shouting amen. Um, but, you see, what I'm trying to illustrate is that I watched the rugby with a friend of mine, Tom. He's an Englishman. Um, not a very happy Englishman, I might add. But we watched the game together and we watched um, Wales um, defeat England. And... Nate came in after playing football and he said, well, lads, who won? Now, if Tom had said, oh, yeah, England, England won um, and they won the Grand Slam, and then I said, well, actually, no, Wales, I'm pretty sure Wales won and uh, they won the Six Nations, one of us has got to be wrong and one of us has got to be right. One of us has got to be wrong and one has got to be right. You see, one of the answers is true and one of the answers is false. You see, what Tom can't do is what I can do. I can go on Sky Plus and show him the evidence. I can rewind what we've been watching and prove to him that Wales lifted the Six Nations. See, it's important that we can back up the claims that we make. Just like I could back up the claim that I made by showing him the evidence that Wales actually did win. Jesus claims that he's the truth and he backs up right throughout the Bible the truth about himself. You see, Jesus doesn't ask us for blind faith. Jesus isn't asking us for a shot in the dark. Believe in me and it'll probably be alright. Jesus is saying, Do you know, I'm the truth and I'm the truth about God. He showed us time and time again that he does what he says he's going to do. He heals people. He raises people from the dead. And most amazingly, he rose from the dead himself, which he promised to do. And so Jesus is true to his word, and you can trust what he says, because he is the truth. And not only back then, but for today as well. He's relevant for you today as well. And lastly, Jesus claims to be the life. John 10, verse 10 um, is one of my favourite verses and it says that the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy I have come that they may have life and have it to the full 
what an amazing promise that is for each and every one of us. Um, that Jesus makes this claim that he is the life because he is the only one that can offer us real life. He is saying that if we believe in him and what he's done through his death and resurrection, we too can have life. We too can have life. He is saying that we can have real life now because we can be back in relationship with God again and have a real peace in knowing Jesus and knowing God like it was meant to be right in the beginning. And more importantly than that, he's saying that I can offer you life eternal, life that will never end, life in all its fullness, just like it was in the beginning. And so that makes him hugely irrelevant for today as he offers you life, life in all its fullness for the rest of your days and both for whenever we pass on. That we'll have life eternal. What a joy. That we, have, we can have life forever and ever and ever and eternity. And what a joy that is if we put our trust in Jesus. So Jesus provides a solution to our biggest problem. Our biggest problem being a broken relationship with him. And that we face death. See, Jesus is the way to God. He is the truth about God. And he, he offers life with God. And this makes him hugely relevant for both you and me tonight. Hugely relevant. So I wonder, will you put your trust in Jesus as a way to be right with God? Will you trust that he is the truth about God? Will you trust that Jesus offers real life and life eternal and for those of you who already have put your trust in Jesus be really encouraged take those words to your heart take them home with you and make sure that they are relevant today, tomorrow for the rest of the week will you continue to trust in him whenever the things in life get hard will he be relevant in every aspect of your life whether that be school, university work family will jesus be relevant in every aspect of your life and will you thank and praise him for dealing with your biggest problem and making you right with god let me pray please and uh that'll do me uh father god thanks for um your word uh thanks that you claim to be um, the way, the truth, and the life. Lord, I pray that as we go away tonight, Lord, that we would realize that you are totally relevant for our lives, that even though you are old and you have been around for numerous years, Lord, that you are totally relevant for our greatest need. Lord, I pray that um, we would put our trust in you if we haven't already um, to deal with our greatest problem. Amen.